Welcome to First World Problems, the podcast, episode number eight, brought to you by Revelation Records and their new release from Buy a Thread. And we have our special guest, Mr. Matt Wilson from the rock band Set Your Goals. Howdy. Matt, Matt thank you for showing up. Hi, Matt. Hi, hey guys. And this is actually our first remote recording location. Uh, some, some friendly people in the Long Beach area have opened up their house. We didn't know them, so we just came in. On site in Jen's apartment. Yes, exactly. Uh, we will be reviewing the new records from My Disco, New Lows, and Off. And we'll also be talking about the movie The Fighter. Jumping. What was that? It's like a Sublime that a, record. That was a bong. I know, that was we're, a bong. We're in Long Beach, man. <laughs> we, want, we can talk about Sublime for an hour. Oh, we can. I'm, uh, I'm down. You would be totally fine with that. All right. Thank you for those of you who have uh, continued to listen to our podcast and enjoy the amazing content we bring you all the time. We work very hard, like probably about five minutes before the show we prepare. <laughs> uh, well, maybe one person does. Scott. But we, the homework that we would like for you beautiful people to uh, do this week would be follow us on Twitter. Joey, what's our Twitter? FWP Podcast. We do. Very easy. It's very easy. And nuggets of wisdom pour out almost on a weekly basis. <laughs> hey, root beer. We've been a little slow. <laughs> Scott, we always have root beer each show, and Scott always drinks it like it's water, and then he gets sick to his stomach. <laughs> Don't you understand that you should nurse that? I don't like it. Then the why do you problem. drink it? I will finish it for you. Yes. Yeah, jeez. Back to coffee. Yeah, back to coffee. Um, Are you so going to quit coffee again? <laughs> for the 15th time in a week. Anyways, so we are uh, – yeah, follow us on Twitter and then we will say some great stuff. And now we'll jump right into the quick hit section. Bew. Oh, man. That's good enough. I get embarrassed in front of new people. Oh, jeez. Oh, my phone. Just because of that sound. All right. Normally, our sound is much better. So I challenge you people to create a better quick hits noise and email it to us at fwppodcast at gmail.com. Scott's going to take a phone call real quick. <laughs> As he usually does during our podcast. So anyways, the quick hit section is... Scott, you need to go first. <laughs> the quick hit section is basically a recommendation of something that we enjoy in life. And um, Matt, you seemed very excited about just jumping right into this. So uh, give us your, your recommendation. Give us your quick hit. I've been on a bit of a, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I've been on a go. bit of an Arnold Palmer kick lately. Ooh. And uh, Chick-fil-A has the best Arnold Palmer I think I've ever had. Really? So, is, I had one of those on the way home this morning, or this evening, I should say. Is that a, uh, like, is that a secret item menu, or do they, like, advertise uh, they, that? They've got sweet tea and they've got lemonade, but... I don't think there's an Arnold Palmer on the menu, but you can you can ask for them. They know what's up. Interesting. Can we talk about how good Chick-fil-A is for a while? I mean, I don't eat chicken, but oh, their wow. waffle fries with they're the Chick-fil-A sauce, that God. stuff is fucking incredible. That place. What's the sauce? What's the deal with that? It tastes like um, honey mustard and barbecue mixed together. Hmm. Sounds awesome. Thank you, Matt. Joey, what would be your quick hit? Uh, I would like to recommend a podcast called How Did This Get Made? It's a new podcast uh, from Paul Shear from Human Giant and The League, and it's about movies and how they got made. Oh, wow. Crappy movies. So they've done three three episodes. The first was about burlesque. I heard about that. It's, you can say that Yeah, you don't microphone. need to whisper, Scott. Sorry, my little sister was telling me about <laughs> this podcast. It's fucking hilarious. Is it? The, the the newest one was about old dogs, the Robin Williams John Travolta oh. classic, and they just they dissect the movie like in like 
so much detail and it's fucking hilarious. Awesome. So I would recommend that. It's a great listen. It kind of it's kind of random when they put out a new one, so it's not. How as, many episodes do they have up th- so far? Three: Burlesque, oh, okay. Season of the Witch, and Old Dogs. It, it's great. It's really funny. Um, cool. Yeah, they get really excited. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I will have to check that out immediately. Good. Good. That's what. That's what. That's what. Quick that's what it's for. for. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go because Scott clearly doesn't look like he's ready in any way, shape, or form. Uh, this is random because I am, I mean, I'm a sports fan, but not a huge sports fan. I like college basketball and golf, which is weird in and of itself. But, um, I'm actually recommending an NBA player because he has made watching professional basketball very exciting for me. Blake Griffin of the Los Angeles Clippers. Joey will have to back that I back. I got you. I got your back on that one. He, uh, I, that dude is unbelievable. Like, I don't know, Matt. I don't know if you care about basketball at all. I don't follow any sports. It's fine. You're like but I've heard a lot about this Blake guy lately. Yeah, you, and see, that is what he is doing. Is he just a flashy guy? He, which shows me he must be a big deal. Yeah, I'm completely detached from the sports world. Me right, and I've heard his name a lot. He's he's not. I mean, he's flashy in the sense his dunks are unreal. Like. You've never seen a person jump this high. Didn't Maybe. he cr- hit his crotch, hit some dude in the face? He, I mean, it's like his – he jumps so high that his, like, thigh is, like, even – like, it seems like it's even with the rim. I he's mean, that's insane. Little yeah. Why is he just coming to prominence now? Because he's a rookie. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. He's, he, like, 19. He redshirted. Oh. No, he – well, he went – I think he's 22 maybe. Maybe 23. He's college educated. Yeah, well, he didn't graduate. Of course he, he left early. Well, I mean, why would you? Assumed. I mean, I, I think you'd leave early if you got, like, a $9 million contract for playing two games. Where did you go to school? Oklahoma State. You know a lot about Blake Griffin. College basketball. Oh, that's true. That's the extension. But anyway, so, yeah, he's just awesome to watch. He makes watching the Clippers. I mean, who would have ever he's thought? He's made the Clippers a team to talk about. Right. Exactly. Uh, my favorite podcast, Bill Simmons, calls the Clippers the Blakers now. <laughs> Um, He's definitely single-handedly bringing that team back. He made the fat guy Baron Davis actually look like he cares about basketball. Yeah. So. And and the thing is, is like he doesn't. He's not cocky. It's like he just plays basketball because he likes basketball. He's gonna get hurt. People are trying to hurt him. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's gonna get a fight. There was a good fight with the Clippers and the Lakers. Oh, that's good. So, anyways, yeah. So he's. You should just watch him at some point, or just watch the highlights because his dunks are unreal. So, anyways, Scott, quick hit away. A website called longform.org. You did a website last time. <clears throat> he can. He will do websites or apps for the rest of this podcast. What this website does is it aggregates all the long-form articles from major magazines, mostly like hoity, pretentious stuff. Stuff you love? Yeah, like long, like 10-page articles. Vanity Fair, GQ, New Yorker. They do giant interviews, I mean, with like, you know, 10,000 plus words. Right. And then this is one place where you can find it all. Why can't I just get it in the magazine? Do you want to spend that much money? Yeah, do you want to spend $80 a week in expensive magazines? Of course not. Yes. (laughs) If it comes out on Blu-ray, Joey will. Oh, definitely. Anyway, (laughs) one article in particular was in the New York Times magazine, and it's called Dealing with Assange and the WikiLeaks Secrets. Must read it. I read that. Wasn't that compelling? What? It's okay. All right. His interview on sixty minutes was better. Just saying. Ray sometimes says things that he doesn't do. So here's some quiz. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Mo- moving on. <laughs> Thank you for the quick hit, Scott. We no. appreciate it. 
Now moving into the music review section of our podcast where everybody can reference all of their notes that they've been copiously taking as they've been uh, listening to these records. We'll do this in alphabetical order and we will do the – what? Real quick, the do records, M-N-O. Cool. That's true. We selected them on purpose. Yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, the first one is My Disco. What's the name of the record, Scott? <laughs> you, you tell me. Uh, this is a record that Scott recommended, and he knows nothing about it. Yeah, he ch- he chose it solely on the fact that... I'm going to keep talking. I know, that's fine. It's called Little Joy. Little Joy. He chose it solely on the fact that it was on Temporary Residence. Um, the band's from Australia. It's their first full length. Are they? Yeah. Holy God shit. damn it. <laughs> Matt, we apologize for the lack of professionalism. Normally, we're like I'm so on. I know. If you you can walk out at any point. Actually, this is pretty much how it is every time. <laughs> but we we put up a nice smoke screen. I'll stay for the root beer. <laughs> Thank God yeah, we brought that. Mine. <laughs> I'm already drinking yours. No. <laughs> um, I first heard of the band because they did a uh, split seven inch with Young Widows. Ah, that's why it sounds familiar. Yeah, did they really? Yeah. They, have you ever heard of this band before, Scott? No, I just picked it. I literally picked it randomly. Oh. Tired of all your garbage records. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So, um, yeah, let's listen to a little bit of it. So, um, Joey. Yes. We're going to have you start things off with. Great. Yeah. Tell me what you thought about this My Disco record. Uh, usually when Scott recommends something, I assume it's going to be complete dog shit. You, you run far away. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. But Your I was. Feelings mutual. I, hey, hey, I'm not surprised. <laughs> That's how good friends we are. We like try to recommend records to one another or anything like taste wise. No, fuck you. There not listen to that. <laughs> but. I was I was actually surprised by this. I I liked it. Um, I couldn't tell you what it sounds like, but I guess for some reason the national popped into my head a little. Really? Oh, um, uh, my only complaint is that the songs are way too long. I could do without about six minutes of each song. <laughs> yeah. Um, parts just drag on, but I, I actually liked it. So cool. I would listen to it again, like as background music. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it. So you, you guys are now closer together as Good friends. job. Good job, Scott. I appreciate Wrong. it. Wrong. I didn't like it. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, if you're going to jump the gun, I was going <clears> to <throat> give it to Matt. Oh. So be quiet for a moment. Spoiler alert. I know. Spoiler alert. Because <laughs> I, I was, before we started recording the show, Matt, I think, described the band perfectly, or comparing the band perfectly to another band. So Matt, what did you uh, what'd you think in the um, like 15, I think you listened to the record like what, 15, 16 times? Oh, Yeah. So it took four days? For like 15, 16 minutes before Chili got here. No, but I did like it. Um, I thought all the records were actually pretty good. But uh, yeah, it, it felt like I had kind of a 
Russian circles vibe to me, uh, just off first glance. Okay. And yeah, uh, yeah definitely kind of like Joey said, uh, maybe sort of background music, but I enjoy it. It's like something I'd put on while I draw or like, you know, during a night drive or something like that. Um, You're Wow, you are very emotional. You draw. I do. I did not know. Like, do you, like, what do you draw? Do you draw? I've done a couple of shirt designs for our band and then. I wasn't, wow. Uh, just. Yeah. Stuff. Sure. <laughs> Drawing makes you emotional? It does. You're into, that, I mean, you're artistic. I mean, obviously guys in bands are, you know, like... That's... I wouldn't say I'm a very emotional dude, but... <laughs> that's a, I was a little curious Artistically by inclined. Yes. Somewhat. Yes. Well, and then you put the night drives in there. I thought you were going to go to Walking on the Beach. I meant next. more like on tour, you know. I know, you, yeah. You jam a record and you sort of zone out. Like, I like listening to it in the bath with some candles around right. me. <laughs> You know, just have a good cry. <laughs> some, some bath salt. Matt's with his easel in his in his bathtub. Cool. That's well, a good good picture. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> well, cool. Well, thank you, Matt. That was I I, I really the, I was having a problem like Joey trying to compare the band to anything, but once you said Russian Circles, I was like, oh yeah, especially like the last Russian Circles record, I was like, I totally get that vibe. Scott, you want to go ahead and and spoiler alert? Sure. I, I don't really see the Russian circles thing. Maybe like Russian circles with the equal parts moving units. There were a lot of like dancing totally parts. And to me, as a background record, like I could never listen to that. I'd get, you know, I'd have to get up and move. You just want to dance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one thing, one thing the listeners out, listeners out there need to know, Scott loves to dance. It's true. And Scott's also like six foot seven. So just imagine a six foot seven white guy just, just grooving away. <laughs> Cutting a rug. <laughs> I mean, six foot seven why Hispanic. Be, why does that have to be about race with you all the time, right? It is. It is. It's always racist. I'm sorry. I will hey, add that I, I often uh, put on like stuff like Mashuga too to draw too. So I may not be the normal kind of <laughs> put it on in the background and do other activities kind of guy. It may not be the same reaction other people have, but sure. Sorry. Go on, Scott. Yeah. Anyway, I I thought especially the front half was loaded with boring, and it got better as it went on, but. Eh. Not not enough for me. Yeah. Thanks for the recommendation, Scott. You're welcome. Again, just a, threw a dart out there. You're just like, well, Joey probably won't like this, so I'm going to recommend this. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I probably. I mean, I'm I'm definitely a mixture of all you guys. Like, I I liked the record. Surprise, surprise. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. What else am I supposed to say? Everybody said everything. All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ again. All the good answers are taken. I know exactly. Um, I liked the record. Definitely, I see the moving units, Scott. That was a good comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, the I definitely enjoyed, um, I think, like songs three and four. That was where it, the record started to pick up for me. The rest of it was just, um, you know, definitely working music where it's like you don't have to really invest too much into it. It just kind of exists within the background. Um, it's cool that the band's obviously from Australia. Um, that's a difficult thing for bands in Australia cause, to get noticed. I mean, I know I can name like five bands on my hand that could probably be from Australia. Parkway yeah, Drive. Not, Wolf, not really Wolf been paying Mother. attention. 613 has released three records from that's bands true. from Australia. That's so true. That's right. <laughs> three? Yeah. Miles Away, Defiant Hearts? No, Miles no, no, Away, No Apologies, and... 50 lines on the DTN split. Where would you be able to get those records, Joey? Uh, 613records.com slash store. Oh, wow. Or at thehellfishfamily.com. That's perfect. That was a very casual plug. Shameless plug. What? I was asked. (laughs) (laughs) And your upcoming tour mates. Indeed. Yeah. Parkway Drive in about two weeks. You guys have have toured with them before, right? Uh, On Warp Tour. We did a little, Uh, little stint. 
That would be a pretty massive tour. And, yeah, yeah, it's a House of Blues size venues. Yeah, that'll be pretty good. It should be fun. Um, okay, well, I, I I mistook the Australian band thing, but regardless, not a ton of bands obviously come from Australia. Midnight Oil. Minute work. ACDC. Oh, good one. That's Might have heard of them. Yeah, I've heard of them. They've wrote some songs. <laughs> I've heard the name. I think didn't they do soundtrack for Iron Man? That's the only time I've ever heard of them. I don't like. <laughs> isn't that the? <laughs> isn't that the best selling record of all time? Back in Black. Is it? Uh, I, think, I think Michael Jackson. Better than the Thriller. Beatles. I'll consult Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and Matt, we didn't tell you this, but we do a star rating system. So oh, out okay. of five. Um, Joey, what would you give the record? Three. Okay. Matt? Uh, man, that's tough. Can I do three and a half? Oh, oh yeah. Three and a half. We love halves. <laughs> Great. Scott? Three. Um, I'd also like to let you know that... Did you put any thought into that? Because you didn't like the yeah. record, and I'm going to give it a three. Yeah, I, I did not. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, my not liking this record was better than any other record we've ever reviewed. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Anyway. I give it a three. So it's relative. Yes, it is very relative. Very relative. (laughs) Best-selling record of all time. Thriller. Yeah, duh. Then Back in Black. I would think Beatles would be just crushing everyone else. Thriller is two to one, two. 110 million They probably, Beatles probably have a better overall record sales. Collectively. Yeah, exactly. All right. Cool. Try to name the top five. I I don't want to. Just try. Whitney Houston, self-titled. Pink Floyd, The Wall. Uh, Whitney Houston, The Bodyguard. The Bodyguard? Oh, yeah. Wow. And then Great soundtrack. No Pink Floyd? Yeah, Dark Side of the Moon's three. Led uh, Zeppelin? ACDC's two. Michael Jackson's one. Name five. No, you're not going to get it. Metallica, Master of Puppets. Nope. The Black Album. Nope. Uh, I can't even fathom a Meat guess. Loaf. Oh, Bad Out of Hell 2? Bad Out of Hell. Dude, great record. Well, has a great song on it. Yeah. I would do anything for love. Yeah, I would never But I won't do that. The Backstreet Boys are on this list. Are you going to go see them on their upcoming tour with New Kids on the Block? Yes. Okay, I figured. <laughs> All right, because uh, we could probably do this for another hour, Scott, so thank you. <laughs> Guess the 92nd. <laughs> no! Top selling record of all time. Anyways, moving on. Dido. Really? Yeah. That's shocking. The M&M chick? Yes. That's shocking. Where is she now? Having a lot of money because she has the 90. Okay, anyways. Yeah. anyways speaking of massively selling oh. records, we will be talking about the new Lowe's record called Harvest of the Carcass. Tough record title. Alright, this is the uh, first full length by New Lows with uh, previous releases on Locking Out. I think. And yeah, no, I'm, I'm positive they did a 7-inch. Did seven they do inch. a 7-inch or just a... a se- oh, actually, it was a demo, demo. on 7-inch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then they did a tape. Yes. They've done a lot of random stuff. They've done a lot. This is their first official full length, their, their real debut, so to speak. Um, features members of Think I Care. And, um, yeah, they're from the Boston area. So a record came out in uh, late January. And so uh, let's talk about it. I cannot wait to hear what Scott's thoughts are on it. So it, I'm, it was cool, but no, it's not really it, my it wasn't, thing. It wasn't even cool. I, uh, what did what, you, what, you think of the record, Scott? Awful. Move on. <laughs> Scott's first 
or one of his texts to me this week was new lows with a bunch of emoticons displaying his unpleasantness with listening to the record. Yeah. You you were highly unsatisfied. I was never a ringworm ringworm fan, but it was like bad. Yeah. Did you like ill conceived audio audio wise? You like hated the recording too and everything about it. It it just sounded like. Got it. All right, that's that's a good impression. Um, I'm gonna jump in. Sorry, new loans. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, the uh, they're gonna be bombed when they hear that. They will be bombed. They're probably gonna send some emails. It's uh, Scott Arnold at. No, just kidding. Um, I I know you were scared for a minute. (laughs) Uh, I liked the record. Not like when I first listened to it, I had the same reaction as Scott, where I thought it was seriously terrible. I was like, "What the hell is this band doing?" Like, I just didn't get it. Um, but then, upon I don't know, like second or third listen, it started to sink in, and basically, it's a absolutely perfect representation of like mid '90s metalcore, like in every way, shape, or form. Like, I would definitely like. I honestly could compare it to like Torn Apart's first full length. Um, except way more moshy, but it has the life sentence one. <laughs> the, yeah, nothing is permanent. Wow, that record's so a good damn. record. God damn, dude. Anyways, um, the so yeah, that it, it, it totally took me back to that time where it was like you know the bands the, the the recording quality wasn't obviously like the first thought on a band's mind. It was just like, dude, who can record us? <laughs> who can get it done cheaply? Right. Let's just get it out. Um, that's punk as fuck. Exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, that's the vibe I got. And I, I enjoyed the record after first, like, ugh, like hating every second of it. But then I started to get it. And I mean, I definitely, there's like the first two or three songs I definitely could do without the middle of the record really gets strong for me. Um, so yeah, I, I would recommend it though to anybody who's, who's interested in remotely in that type of stuff, which it seems like obviously, Metalcore and mid-90s bands are resurging in ways that people never thought they would in the first place. So, Matthew. Does anybody call you Matthew? Uh, no. Nope. You called, My grandma, maybe. You called Chris Christopher and I know. asked the same question last time. I, I, it just intrigues me because, I mean, obviously I'm Ray, but can be called Raymond because that's my real does name. Anyone, does anyone call you Raymond? Uh, my mother occasionally does. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I was just curious. Does anybody call you Joseph? No. I know. Not, not a soul. <laughs> Joseph. Yes, what's That's up? what I'm going to call you from now on. It's very, it sounds more professional. We are journalists. And all. We are. Uh, okay, so Matt, that's probably the more appropriate. What did you think of the New Lowe's record? I liked it. I had, uh, I had heard this band's name sort of floating around on the internet for a while, and I heard it for the first time, you know, 15, 20 minutes sure. you know, before Joey got here. <laughs> 15, um, 15, 20 weeks ago when we first asked you the podcast. Uh, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, no, but I, I remember being really into Think I Care when they were around, so, I mean, this is, I guess, you know, somewhat of a similar sound. Yeah. Um, I, I was really into it. I could definitely see myself jamming this a lot in the sure. car and stuff. And, Keeping uh, you awake on late drives. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, uh, I, I would definitely listen to this, you know, in my regular rotation. I, I think it's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Joey? I would agree with Matt. I think this record's awesome. I think the recording is really cool. Just think it's a raw. Just it was recorded by one of the dudes in Mind Eraser, or the, the think, same place where CC. Yeah, I think Chris Corey did it. Who yeah, CC. Okay, um, and he's he's in Mind Eraser. Mind Eraser, Step Forward. Got it. Got all it. Those bands. Yeah. Um, I think the recording's awesome. I think the record's awesome. It's just brutal and pissed. 
and just just kind of pulls no punches and just starts and just doesn't stop. I got the vibe that, I mean, in all honesty, they could probably drop the vocalist and just play the music just for people to mosh. Because, I mean, there's parts where it's like a good minute is just, dun, 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 dun. it's like, holy shit, they're writing this out. Yeah. It's, I don't, it, they, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, they, yeah. Do, they do it well. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, and, ob- and honestly, not many bands stick to that just, like, simple, you know, like, three or four chord mosh. I mean, like, there's obviously a lot of bands that do it just for the, you know, the, the mainstream mosh sake, so to speak, you know. But this is definitely. Hopefully, because uh, they've, they've been around for a while, broken up a couple times. Hopefully this will be the, they finally get the, uh, get their, get the uh, attention that they've been, uh, been after, so. I think they're actually going to try to go for it, from what I understand. Yeah. So that's what happens when you send a death wish, dude. Got a tour full time, bro. <laughs> I think they've been on death wish for like happen. two. I think they've yeah. been on death wish for like two years. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> cool. Uh, so uh, Scott, I'm guessing you'll probably give it five stars. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Null. No. No. Okay. Joey. A uh, three and a half. Matt. Four. I would give it. I have three and a half. I back that too. All right, moving on to the last review. We're going to be reviewing the new Off. I was going to call it an EP, but it's essentially a full length, even though it's like five minutes long. Uh, it's called The First Four EPs. It came out on Vice. Um, it's a collection of their first, yeah, four, seven inches. Features members of every band you've ever randomly encountered within the independent music scene from... Circle Jerks to Red Cross, Rocket from the Crypt, Burning Brides, uh, yeah, and a bunch of other stuff. So let's listen to a little bit of it. So, Joey, I'm sorry. You, it's like, it's like popcorn. I know it is. I just kind of look around and see who I want to pick. Uh, yeah, Joey, what, knowing, I mean, is it okay that I describe your um, opinion of the front men, maybe? I mean, maybe. He, I'm not a big fan of Keith Morris. Yes. What, what we'll say. Yes. Um, so I'd love to hear your opinion of this based on that fact alone. Why not? <sighs> He just bothers me. There's certain people that kind of, you know, get under your skin, whether it's like the way they carry themselves or what they say or whatever, where it's just like, "Eh, I'm not the big fan of that guy. But I've never been, I've never liked the circle jerks. His hair. Kind of. Yeah, white dudes with dreads, like no matter how old you are, really tough. Tough. Tough look. But I I mean, I've never (laughs) been, never been a fan. Yeah. Um, Nervous Breakdown 7, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's kind of where it stops for me. Um this was cool. I could have done without him. If there was someone else, someone else singing, um, maybe I would like it more. Henry Rollins singing. I probably would like it less. <laughs> so, Keith Morris is honest man here. Honest yeah, is man. better than Henry Rollins. Like Henry Rollins falls lower on your list. Well, he would just talk through the entire record. <laughs> he would do spoken word. Over Pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Henry Rollins is cooler. Or, but uh, I would love to bring Henry Rollins in and have you guys discuss your distaste for him. 
<laughs> you, you love it. Oh no, I don't. I don't hate. I like. No, Henry, yeah. I like Henry Rollins. Right. Um, As an actor or a musician. Well, he was in Bad Boys too, so right. he's clearly an amazing actor. What about as a stand-up comedian? I have not seen his stand-up act. He was in another. He was in. He's been in a bunch. He always plays a cop. He was in the Chase. Was he in the Matrix? Was he in the Matrix or so? he was in some? God, the Chase with Charlie Sheen. I know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but was he in the Matrix? There's some <laughs> random movie that he was. Whatever. Anyways, it's not important. Um, this band. I feel like if these people weren't in this band, nobody would pay attention. It oh, was just. It yeah. was just something that's been done a thousand times by these dudes in the past. That. I don't know. It just, it was cool. Whatever. Didn't flip your switch? No. Got it, got it. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I do like the drummer Mario, though, from Rock from the Crypt. That dude. He is one of the coolest drummers, so. He is. He's incredible to watch. They'll get a, they'll get a pass because of that. Yeah. He's on, He's easily one of my favorite drummers of all time. Yeah. He's just so cool to watch. Matt, what did you think of the record? Uh, that's out of the three records that I reviewed. Yes. Uh, this was the only one I had heard, or the only one I had, only artist I was familiar with already. Sure. Um, I had heard some other stuff. I'm, I don't really listen to them. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just straight up punk rock, and right. it's not a genre that I particularly listen to a whole bunch anymore. Uh, I think me in about sixth grade probably would have gone bonkers for this. Right. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I kind of agree with what Joey's saying, where... If these dudes, you know, if this didn't have the all-star lineup, people wouldn't really care. They'd be like, you know, it's all been done. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's mediocre to me, I guess. Sure, sure, sure. You you, could, you can definitely, uh, if someone gave you an option to take it or leave it, you would leave it. Yeah. I, I don't think it's bad. I think, I think it's, it's well cool. done. Yeah. It's just, well executed. Yeah, yeah. It's just nothing special. There's no frills. There's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really particularly stands out. To and me. I love that it's on Vice. I think that's. Oh, dude! If it was on anything else, smart I, move. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Because it's like people, people that have grown past their punk rock stage can still listen to it and not feel guilty yeah. about it. Because <laughs> they can still listen to, you know, whatever indie hipster thing. They can listen and, to what Scott listens to, right? And then be like, yeah, I listen to off too. I what like. adult contemporary? Yeah. And jazz, freeform jazz. <laughs> Did you know Keith Morris was? He sang on the Party Animals, Turbo Negro record. Uh huh. He he was oh, also head of A and R over at. Uh, basically, I'm Warner. connected with him. That's true. <laughs> uh, Scott, what do you think of the uh, the record? Um, kind of echo everyone's thoughts. Yeah. Can you repeat them in case anyone forgot? <laughs> in junior high, I would have loved it. Loved it. Probably would have listened to it before school. Would you have skateboarded to it? Um, Shredded some pools. Would you have had purple hair while you were listening to it? <laughs> You'd be very antisocial. Listen, watch it. <laughs> um, Scott used to have purple hair. No, I did. <laughs> and he always denies it. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> not not good today. <laughs> His Scott's reviews, basically, as our podcast goes along, get shorter and shorter. Uh, yeah. It's going to be noises <laughs> next time. Yeah, series of grunts. Hey. Oh. <laughs> we'll just – actually, we can replace Scott with that. With Tim Allen. We'll just take clips from Home Improvement. <laughs> was that a recorded sound in Home Improvement? No. That was Tim uh, Allen. Huh? No, I know, but what is it the same one every time? No. Okay. Tim Allen's a genius. Yeah, he's, he's a man of many voice Wilson. talents. Have you read R- his book? R.I.P. No, no a, I want. This book's pretty awesome. It's about him going Talks to about jail. He used to do coke and he used go to, to jail. Yeah, he went he to jail for selling ball. coke. Yeah. What? His his mugshot is awesome. It's hilarious. I recommend it to all of you. Interesting. What was it called? 
I don't remember. I read it in ninth grade, but it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Start you off right. That's amazing. Read this book about doing coke. <laughs> this may dissuade you from doing cocaine. Ninth grade me thought it was awesome. Yeah, that's good. So. so you could be listening to Off as you're reading this book. Right. <laughs> Whoa. Perfect, perfect tie-in. Um, how did he get into acting? How did, he was a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Oh, really? And his stick was kind of like, I think it was like Tim the Toolman Taylor. Yeah. Uh, I never thought we would talk about Tim Allen on our I'll podcast. We're going to have a whole podcast that's, dedicated to Tim incredible. Allen. That's a great show. Whatever was, happened to JTT? I was wondering the same thing. Jonathan Taylor Thomas? I don't, well, he, yeah. he screwed up when he left Home Improvement only to come back. Yeah. It Lion just, King was the pinnacle of his career. Was that, wait, was that the one where he was, was he a Simba? Boy Scout? He was Simba. He was Simba? Yep. Damn. I thought he was – then he was also in a movie with Chevy Chase. Yeah. What movie? Parent, Not as popular. Parent Trap? Parent Santa Tra- Claus? That was with Lindsay Lohan and oh. then – That's a great movie, remember? The Parent Trap? No, the other one. Yeah. Because it was – They went camping? Was – I'm lost. Okay, anyways. This is a tangent of all tangents. <laughs> Definitely. I know, which, I know which movie you're talking about. I don't remember what it was called. It was in San Francisco. It was? Were you in it? You <laughs> <laughs> weren't? Uh, so, so the off EP. Who? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how we got to. to wow, that's that's. Awesome. I love tangents. Yeah, tangents. They they make rat hole. Yes, that's. Anyways. I just want to update everybody. His last film was in two thousand six. JTT. You yeah. make so much work for me, Scott. You realize. And he was in an episode of Veronica Mars. And Good. He's currently. At Columbia University. Was the 2006 film straight to DVD or straight to TV? <laughs> it was called The Extra. It was, it, was, it was a short film. It was on Lifetime. That, that's the worst kind. A was short it, was film. it a student film? <laughs> you yeah. can look for it on YouTube. <laughs> or it was it was submitted to Sundance, uh, but didn't fir- make it. His first movie was <laughs> The Lion King, and then it's just... Wow. Yeah, it just uh, but I'm sure started he's collecting. off high and just oh, yeah. he's got to be getting checks oh. off that. Oh, yeah. Dude, he has to be. He's, the movie he's paid for life. With his stepdad, it's called Man of the House. Was it with Chevy Chase? Yeah. There you uh, go. And uh, Frere Fawcett. Ooh, he was in Wild America, too. That's the one I was thinking of. That's Is that the one with all the little, uh, the teenage heartthrobs? <laughs> oh, yeah. Devin Sawa and, uh... Oh, my God. <laughs> Who else is oh, in Oh, you mean Stan? Idle Hands was sweet. Idle Hands was awesome. Dude. Just saying. Offspring was in it. He was wearing an AFI shirt. Fuck yeah. That's where that band got their name from. Um, that's where they covered... That's when the Offspring covered the AFI song. Yeah, and got oh, big yeah. off it. And that's when everyone thought it was an AFI. Well, they're already big, I guess. Yeah, they're they already, got, I think they they already big established girls. their yeah, name. Yeah, more radio success. Should I add my and name now they're selling hot to the sauce. Turbo Negro Wikipedia? No. Can you add me and Ray's name? Because we're in the LP liner notes, too. Yeah, we're executive producers, right? <laughs> Anyways, Scott. Oh, there is a full credit. <laughs> Scott, can you please stop yeah. interrupting, maybe? <laughs> Scott, really? <laughs> Anyway, hey Ray, what did you think of the off record? Thank you for asking, Joey. Um, <laughs> I I enjoyed it. I think more than everybody. Um, I really. I mean, it's cool to hear. Even though obviously, like everybody's saying, there's no bells and whistles. It's straightforward. It's like obviously that's what these dudes are just trying to get across. You know, it's like they've all they've all done it in some way, shape, or form, but they haven't done it for a long time. So you know, whatever. Get back into the fray. Um, you know, was it completely necessary probably not but um i randomly saw them at cmj they played uh, generation records like in the basement and um it was cool i enjoyed it i mean the biggest selling point is like joey was saying the you know mario the drummer that dude i mean anybody that remotely likes rock music in any way shape or form should watch this drummer just because he's so he's so damn good so inventive and he can play pretty much any style um 
so yeah, I I liked it better, but uh, I don't know whether or not this is ever going to you know find a real place in my collection is probably you know I bought the box set because the artwork's awesome. It's done by Raymond Pettibone, who's done all the old Black Flag stuff and just legendary punk uh, punk artist. Right. Yes. Ray, you asked if it was worth it for this to happen. Um, I think the answer is yes because they got to play on Carson Daly. Oh, they so, did. Yeah, they played the whole first seven inch. Life complete. Yeah, yeah. you made it officially. Yeah. Have, have, Matt, have you guys played a late show? No. You guys are probably gonna do this next record though. That'd be cool. I'd like to. Yeah, I have a feeling that's even though it happen. never sounds good. So always sounds. I, good. Then I can just at least say I did it. Well, yeah. I There's a couple of shows that sound. Um, Jimmy Kimmel always sounds all right because they have a giant stage out back. Well, even but. the in, the small stage, the lounge, yeah. sounds all right. You got like it's such an unfair representation of any band. But oh yeah, yeah. That wouldn't stop me from wanting to do that. <laughs> no. I could see you guys. Be awesome. I could predict. I'm going to predict right here, right now. Jimmy Kimmel will. They will probably pick up on you guys at some point. If the data remembers on there, right? What? Then, yeah, old news, man. It was like two weeks ago. I saw that. Yeah, so I have a feeling you guys. I mean, especially with like the, the massive K Rock success that you guys have had. <laughs> but Please. I, they, I mean, I, I just, I just have that feeling. So, yeah. If it happens, you owe me some of whatever you get paid to do that. Fair enough. Because I'm going to send this to Jimmy. I'll, th- I'll throw you some granola bars from my green room. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I do want to add that I think it's cool that these guys are still doing punk rock and. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's pretty awesome. Time totally. for a real job. I don't think Keith Morris has ever stopped. No, yeah, Keith Morris has definitely lived lived the life of catch him DJing at the El Rey. Yeah, really? Yeah, I mean, certain shows. I just obviously I like the idea of people being able to make a living for themselves doing not jobs. <laughs> oh yeah, I fully back that. Yeah, totally. Just figuring it out where it's like, all right, well, let's do this now. Sure, sure, I'll work at a record label being the head of A and R. No problem. You gotta pay someone to have fun. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, star-wise, Joey? Two and a half. Matt? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with two and a half. Scott? Three. Okay. Yeah, I th- probably three and a half. Just because, I mean, honestly, the box set that it comes in, the four seven inches, are really cool. I actually looked at it for the first time today, and it is cool. That's yeah. the best part about it. Definitely. Buy it, Joey? No. It looks cool. This is my younger brother. You gotta help me finish this. Taught him everything he knows. You don't know to see where this fight is headed. I'm still his trainer. I have a fight next week. And after I win, I'm gonna start making good money so you can live with me more days, okay? Good luck, Daddy. Don't hold your breath, Casey. Bye, baby. All right, now it's time for our movie review. This week we are reviewing the movie The Fighter, starring Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale. Amy Adams, Melissa Leo, and it is directed by David O. Russell. Uh, it is, it's been out for a while, but we figured it would be a good time to review it now that all the Oscar nominations are out, and I believe it got eight or ten. It got a shitload, whatever. Um, so we figured it's a good time to talk about it. Um, it was a you know kind of small film that came out and just had a, a bunch of buzz in the beginning, and it's, it's going strong still, so we figured it's a good time to talk about it. There's a bunch of crap in the theaters right now, so... Whew. You, you oh. hit that nail on the head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, David O. Russell, I think, is an awesome director. Just as a side note, um, what else has he done? Uh, Three Kings. I which, heart Huckabees. I was gonna get there, Scott. <laughs> uh, Three Kings, and if you haven't seen Three Kings, go watch it immediately because it's amazing. Ice, Ice Cube, right? Ice Cube, uh, Spike Jones, George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg. Spike Jones is in it. Yeah. 
Fuck, that blew my mind. Yeah. Movie's amazing. It's a good it's movie. A good movie. Yeah. Uh, I Heart Huckabees and Flirting with Disaster, and all three of those movies are great. Who's in Flirting with Disaster? Um, oh, God. You're going to make me remember people. No. Uh, right. Lily Tomlin, Alan Alda, oh, yeah, uh, Patricia Arquette. It's a great movie. It's really funny. Oh, okay. Really cool. weird and quirky. But Chick flick or what? No, kind of. No. Wrong yeah, comedy. Like I've seen I Heart it, Huckabees. What's it about? I Heart, Hockey, I Heart Huckabees is. I don't even know how to explain that movie. It's weird. It's a super weird movie. I think it's I've good seen though. It. Mark Wahlberg. It, it's terrible memory. It was the first movie where Mark Wahlberg like really got to expose his like funny side. So it's a good movie. And there's also this is the movie with the the infamous uh, clip of oh, Lily yeah. Tomlin and David O. Russell, the director, pretty much just screaming at each other. And that's, uh, that's allegedly in, that's in flirting with disaster. No, I heard Huckabee. Okay, it's just it's, it was ended up on the internet. Um, Real or not, who knows? But it's really funny. Um, anyways, so we are talking about the fighter. Yes, we are. Not his other movies. Uh, Ray. Yes. Sup. Sup. You want me to start things off? Set it off. I will. Set your goal. <laughs> so yeah, the, the fighter. I uh, I really enjoyed the movie. I actually, I had a uh, I watched about half of it and then fell asleep. And so then I just decided to start over because I was like... But, Ray, it's not available on DVD or Blu-ray. It's only on No, I know. Right I'm, on the Oscar, <coughs> I'm on the Oscar screening committee. Oh, cool. Gotcha. So I, I got the advanced DVD for it, so it was Good. cool. Um, just want to make sure. Like? Yeah, it's pretty cool, actually. Um, well, our, our podcast is a, it's a heavy hitter yeah, yeah, in the yeah. film industry. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Journalists. I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, we, we are, are journalists. Right. Matt, thank you. We are journalists. Um, so anyways, yeah, I... Uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's such, uh, I mean, at the end, you know, it's totally, it's uplifting in the sense that, um, you know, he is able to achieve some level of, uh, success. Um, spoiler alert. Not really. Well, I mean, it's based on a true story, but it's based on a true story of a boxer named Mickey Ward. Yes. Uh, from all. We had another movie that takes place around Boston. I know. I'm surprised you didn't start doing your Boston accent, Scott. It's not. Lowell is Lowell. It's Lowell. No, it's not. Are you Lowell? That's I know. That's what you say. It's Lowell. Anyways, um, yeah, I thought. uh, I mean, Christian Bale's that dude is unreal. The fact of how he could, you know, he would just lose his weight. Well, he's a method actor. He he became a junkie for this movie. (laughs) I think he might just be a crazy person. Oh, he's definitely a crazy person. I read an interview with him recently where it was. uh, I think it was uh, like Esquire or something like that where. It was so confrontational because the the, uh, the author of the piece was like really trying to kind of get in there, and Christian Bale just kept being like, "I will not talk about that." Oh, I read that too. It was amazing. Yeah. And but anyways, because he's like super pride. I mean, he has a kid. But there are certain things where you're just like, "Oh, he has a life outside of these movies." Out of being Batman, right? Out of <laughs> we're gonna record with him next. Wait, week. he's not Batman. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, he is Batman. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he is. On a side note, he <laughs> nope. said he would be up for a fourth Batman movie. So fingers wow. crossed. No, he's Batman. I would be, I'm up for a fourth Batman movie. <laughs> uh, but his per- good. It is. His performance is awesome. I mean, he was super creepy, I mean, super awesome. He's, he's pretty much, it's his Oscar to lose at this point. <sighs> totally. So. Yeah, because he's up for Best Supporting Actor. Um, so, yeah, and the, the thing, the one scene in the movie that really, like, hit home with me as far as, like, what I took away from the movie and what I'll remember is when, uh, and he's in the final, the championship fight, when um whatever between rounds where it's basically like you know hit like christian bale is like right in mark Wahlberg's face and he's just basically saying like you know like tear him apart and just like pumping him up like that pump up speech is so like 
yes, you can do it. You totally can do it. Did you get in a fight afterwards? No, I punched a pillow. That was oh. the closest I got. Fuck that pillow. I know, that pillow. That had nothing to do. Was there a pillow at the theater? No, I... Did you not hear? I'm part of the DVD screening committee, Scott. Thank you for clarifying. God, it's the only reason you're able to see it. Um, so, yeah. I enjoyed it. Cool. Uh, Matt, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was, uh... Pretty depressing for most of the movie. Uh, more than I expected. Uh... But I'd heard good things, and I think I've probably liked every Mark Wahlberg movie I've seen. I can't think. Have of you any- seen The Happening? I know. No, I haven't. I okay. heard that was pure garbage. Okay. Yeah. Don't see that because then your opinion yeah. will change. But I'm, I'm trying to think, and I, I can't think of any I haven't liked off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, I, I know it's a terrible basis. For on, on a side, on, a, on another, have you seen the other guys? Uh, Stay away. Yes, I did see that, that. movie's amazing. Yeah, yeah I fuck you, it. Scott. I saw that coming a mile away. I was almost <laughs> just going to lob that up to you. Uh, it like, wasn't as good as I thought it would be. But you were, you I kind were. of enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> anyway, I thought the fighter was really good. Uh, yeah, and like you said, it had a very uplifting ending. And um, although I haven't even watched it yet, my friend actually, who was into that fighter a lot, um, <clears throat> recommended going and watching on YouTube or something his fight with Arturo Gatti. I hear it's like one of the most insane boxing matches of all time because it's the movie ends at a point and this guy's career went on for a while because didn't him and Arturo Gatti have like three fights I believe three of them yes they're they're all insane and then he got killed two times in a row yeah but yeah I I think it was the first one that he did with him um I'm not sure yeah YouTube that I would recommend it to everyone I'm gonna check it out tonight probably yeah I also thought it was really cool well actually I, I won't jump in because I imagine you'll probably hit on that stuff so no, you, you can do. you can hit on it I was just saying like how they combined some of the real footage that actually came from yeah that was real cool some of the fights you know they just like superimposed it and were able to you know do special yeah. effects around it that, I mean because some people I know that have reviewed this movie have complained about the boxing footage being like you know like oh it looks kind of you know it looks kind of weird and like I, I actually was gonna say that I really liked that about it I thought I, I mean that, like old quality to it totally like because i mean i distinctly remember it's like because boxing is obviously nowhere as popular as like you know mma is today right. um and so it's but i remember distinctly like in the you know whatever mid 90s or early 90s late 80s early 90s how awesome boxing was where it's like mike tyson totally you know your i always remember my parents buying the pay-per-view 50 dollar you know whatever how much ever it cost but it was like so much anticipation you were just like i cannot wait to see this fight why why do they get paid so much more though boxing yeah because there's gigantic purses i mean there's so many hands in that pot why do producers get so much when you can make it in your living room it's industry standard i guess yeah well it sounds like you've a story to tell What's that? <laughs> Matt, Matt was a boxing. The Beatles promoter. put out this record called Sergeant. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I just, I wish that I still felt as passionate about boxing. Like, I mean, the movie definitely brings me back to that feeling of like, this is what it was like to have that anticipation. So, sorry about that. Yeah, please don't ever hit the table again. Jeez. I will not. Such an amateur. The movie. door's right there, dude. You've hit the. <laughs> I do not touch the table, Scott, because you <laughs> learned your lesson. Scott, what did you think of the movie? Um, I really enjoyed the movie. I've become a big boxing fan through the HBO 24-7 series. Cool. And Do you follow, like, boxing news websites and stuff? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, Have you heard of Manny Pacquiao? <laughs> He's this up-and-comer. Really? Check him out. He China? Punch, he Chinese? Punch, <laughs> he punches hard. There's, right. a lot, there's a lot of Chinese boxers out there. Also known as the Pac-Man. Oh. 
Is that his really? Is that really his nickname? Did you see him on Kimmel? No. That's funny. Cute. Anyway. Good review. Yeah. <laughs> so it was cool to see the dramatic side of the story. Blah blah blah. Crazy family. You you can expand on the blah blah blahs like. Eh. Um, okay, thanks, Scott. Wow, <laughs> we appreciate uh, your input, and so do our listeners. Would you Would you think of uh, Amy Adams? She was good. Yeah, that's she was good. I didn't like her accent. Um, it was very Boston. Is she the ginger? Yeah, she is the ginger. <laughs> I had to say it. that was no, it's perfect. That's how a lot of people know her as. Uh, I, she was good. I mean, I like her. I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And uh, Melissa Leo. Mo- I mean, she was great. Yeah. I just love the like the the I really like to know it, like how accurate that di- that dynamic was like I mean I'm sure there's I'm, obviously between who between you know the Mickey Ward and his family like oh, obviously yeah. the way that they you know his mom is his manager and all that type of stuff and it's just like I just found it so amazing where it's just like you know mom sitting in the room with like you know five hundred thousand sisters and it's like everybody is living <laughs> off of him. Like whatever he does, boxing wise, because right. obviously all the money gets siphoned to the family, and it's yeah. just like, man, I can't believe like how much pressure that person would feel. Where it's just like, wow, like I have to fight in order to make this purse, in order to like support my family. And so I just, I, I wonder how real that was. I mean, I'm sure it was exaggerated, but I'm sure there's yeah. obviously some oh, yeah. truth into it. Yeah. Um, so you got anything else, Scott? Or are you? You, you no, I, I liked it. Go check it out. Um, yeah, it's at your local Cineplex right now. Yes, yeah. uh, I enjoyed it as well. Um, I don't think there's a lot of people who probably won't like this movie. Um, is there anything you didn't like? No, I mean Mark Wahlberg played Mark Wahlberg, which to me is not a bad thing. Perfect character. Yeah, he does it well. Yes, um, I think it's pretty awesome that because this movie's they've been trying to get this movie made for years, and when he you know started working on it a few years back, he started training. For the character to be a boxer, and I think took I don't know if took boxing lessons or whatever they're called. But yeah, he's always hanging out at with Freddie Prince Junior. Freddie Broach. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, but the movie got, kept getting held up and delayed. But he continued to train for years until it got made. And but yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of cool that he was so dedicated to the role and yeah. pursuing it, and finally getting it made and. It must be fun to do a movie that you get an excuse to, like, really immerse yourself into yeah. whatever it is. Like, whether it's like, all right, dude, you're going to be in a sniper movie. Cool. I'm going to be a sniper for about eight months. Yeah. Or whatever the case Tom may Berger. be. Yeah. Such a good movie. Just Hard. like uh, Christian Bale. Like, I get to be a junkie. Like, right. I'm going to become a junkie. I get to lose another 80 pounds like I did for The Machinist. <laughs> I get to smoke crack out of a bottle. Have you guys heard the video of him, like, flipping out on someone on stage? Yeah. Yeah, set of Don't, Terminator Salvation. Terminator Salvation, right. It's probably because he realized he was in the horrible movie. Yeah, he was a little buttered about that. Horrible. That movie sucked. It was very disappointing. Yeah. Yes. But I, mean, but I did our, enjoy watching it. Yeah. To some degree. I, I didn't like want to walk out of the theater. Right. No. It I was, just wanted so much more. I wanted Terminator 2 Part 2. Right. Yeah. I got Terminator 3 Part 2. They needed, they needed to bring Eddie Furlong back in. They do. It's true. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, so we can do, we can do Star Wise and just skip Scott because he needs to go to the bathroom. Four. Yeah. I'm Scott. There we are. Yeah, that's okay. Not really my thing. He won't even listen to this part of the podcast, so <laughs> we'll be fine. <laughs> like, yeah, it sounds great. We'll yeah. Upload it. We're good. Yeah. Uh, Ray, what would you give it? <clears throat> I would give it. Uh, I'd give it a four. I definitely enjoyed it. Matt. Um. 
Yeah, three and a half. Right. I would also give it a four, and Scott would give it a four. Yeah, that's fine. He doesn't Scott, even say anything. Uh, all right, so oh, that's... He's back. Four and a half. Four and a half from Scott. Check yeah. it out. So, yeah, uh, go see it. We all back it, so party on. This episode is brought to you by Revelation Records and their new release from Buy a Thread. You can pre-order the album exclusively at RevHQ.com, and all pre-orders come with a Buy a Thread poster. If you mention First World Problems in the notes section of any order, you'll get some additional free awesome stuff. Their previous record, called Last of the Daydreams, is a personal favorite of mine, and a must for any fan of quicksand or post-hardcore stuff in general. Let's listen to one of their new songs called Between the Takes. Now we are to the interview section of the podcast and with our beautiful guest. You are beautiful. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Uh, Matt Wilson from the band Set Your Goals. He is one of the dual vocalist attack. <laughs> I'm sure that was some, that's in that some cheesy review somewhere. Yeah, I, I, felt, I think I felt those douche chills before. Thank you, Ray. Yes, you <laughs> Because what are bands doing when they have two vocalists? How do you even exist? <laughs> We attack. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, Matt, thank you very much for taking the time out of your hectic schedule. Thank you, guys. In order to uh, to hang out with us around a leopard print table. Or is this leopard or is it cheetah? It's leopard. It's leopard. Thank you. <laughs> we definitely need a confirmation on that. It's very nice. Yes, it's good. Oh, it is hand-painted. That's beautiful. Um, Scott never knows when to stop. Matt actually did. That's not. I can't back that up. <laughs> Scott impressed in his hand painting. Sorry, it's okay. Um, so Matt, you guys literally, literally just finished recording your record. Yeah, uh, today we finished up crew vocals. So, nice. Uh, it's, it's done. We're gonna go back and tie up any loose ends tomorrow. Maybe finish a B side or something. But yeah, it's done. Nice. It's, it's a wrap. Does it Does it feel good having that off your chest? Yes. Because do you, do you like recording? Uh, yes and no. It's very stressful. Yeah. I, I get excited about, you know, tracking new ideas and stuff, but sure. the road there is never an easy one for us. Yeah. We never show up fully prepared. Right. Uh, well, because starters. when you guys have such, when you guys have like a, you know, seven-figure budget to record, you can record for like, you know, ten months out of the year. Uh, that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> yeah. About that. <laughs> You guys can record like Metallica does, where it's like you take two years off, you know, go in the studio. Did you bring in a bring in a therapist as well? <laughs> um, I'd like to go back to roughly when I mean shortly after you guys obviously started. Um, you know, you put out an EP, started to tour. I mean, you toured off that for about two years, right? Uh, roughly yeah. speaking, yeah. Um, and then 
the sharks started swimming. That's when all the labels started to hunt you guys down. <laughs> and I, I and I speak from definite experience because it Joey. Interesting. I know it's very interesting because two people at this table, Joey and I, were working at a label that was obviously trying to sign you guys. Yeah. Was I not there? You were not there. Um, he you, was. You were doing art. If I don't even know if you was he whatever. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. He was. Barely, if you're gonna talk, Scott, can you come a little bit closer to the microphone? Yeah. yeah. But yes, yeah, so, so you guys were, you know, just because you had done so much hard work on your own, it was kind of cool to see because that was like right in the era where bands started to realize that they could do a lot of work on their own before they like, quote unquote, signed to a label and like made it, you know. Yeah. Um, and that was like definitely a distinct decision you guys made in regards to like, yo, we're just we're just going to do this on our own until like we feel like the time is right. Correct? Yeah, Absolutely. And you felt you felt good about that. I mean, obviously, I know everything that happened with Eulogy. We obviously won't don't need to go in great detail with that because that's right. already obviously all out there. Um, Ancient history, exactly. <laughs> but do you guys feel that it informed you better as a band just because you kind of went through all that? Oh yeah, we we've made you know every decision the right and the wrong way. So it's like we've we've learned firsthand what to do and what not to do, mm-hmm. uh, and then some. <laughs> <laughs> So, so was it was it weird being in that position, like you know, being in an actual like bidding war, you know? Because I mean, like, not only was in a way, yeah, it was. There was definitely some competition there. Yeah, um, yeah it was weird. Um, and it's funny because we're good friends with those guys in the title fight, and yeah. I see a lot of younger set your goals in them. Like, did, sure. did they just go through some, some sort of bidding war? Or I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> no, but they definitely. Uh, well, they they definitely had some oh. labels at them. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to say. About it. I, I, yeah. So you see, you see parallels in the. I mean, did the, you guys are obviously friends with them? So like, did they come to you with a lot of questions and stuff? Right. Like, right. That's yeah. That's where I was going with that. I guess is that uh, you know, we were able to just sort of talk to them and relate to the position they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of just sort of give them advice. Right, because yeah. I mean, because that was a direct, like I would say that's a, a completely direct comparison. Oh yeah, because, because they, I mean, for the probably the past you know year and a half, two years, they've been essentially kind of just doing the same thing. Yeah, and just building, right. building got, it on their own. Got a booking agent first, which is like a lot of bands don't understand. That's like that's one of the most important pieces. Of the right, puzzle. absolutely. It's like the dude that's going to get out there and get you on the road. That's like all. Uh, it's in my opinion, it's more important than even a label, especially at this juncture. Absolutely. I mean, you know, no one buys records anymore, so right. it's like touring is the lifeblood of your band, and you know, the average civilian doesn't realize that they they they've got this image of you know, '80s hair metal and being so glamorous and loads of money are coming in and right. just all this stuff. So, I mean, obviously, that's why you're wearing the Gucci suit, right, for this, this podcast. Fine Gucci suit I'm wearing here. I like when normal people are called civilians. Yeah, that was pretty good. That made me think of set your goals as a military establishment. You guys are like now part of. It's I vaporize like, hostiles. Yeah, you, it's like the Navy, the Marines, and the set your goals, and everyone else is civilians. Um, but yeah, that's cool that you guys were able to be there for a band that like you know has gone through that and be able to be the ones where it's like, hey, this is what we did. You guys have obviously seen what we did yeah. and like how it's worked out and stuff. So Yeah, I mean, they just signed a side one dummy, and it was like, uh, we, we really backed those guys because we, we know them so well, and we know that, you know, we, we just knew like when they told us who they were considering and everything that when they did make the decision, it would be the right one for them. Sure. It would be the moral decision, I guess. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. 
That's we cool. definitely back those dudes. Yeah, yeah, good band, good band. Full, fully backed by first world problems. <laughs> Great dudes. Good, good dudes. Backed, backed hard. hard. Yes. For sure. To the fullest. Definitely. Future guests on the show at some point, I would imagine. That'd be great. We'll pull those strings. Um, Should I text them? Yeah, just <laughs> text them. See if they'll come over right now. Um, the one, the cool thing that I see about Set Your Goals as well, and something that I think a lot of bands aspire to but never are able to accomplish, is the fact that you guys can legitimately tour with anyone, like in the independent music scene, so to speak. I mean, with the exception of like, you know, not to set your goals, Vampire Weekend tour, because like, yeah, clearly that would probably. I feel like we could play a fest with them or something. Yeah, you. Guys. I don't think that would be. I could have picked a weirder band. Yeah, I think maybe even Vampire Weekend. I don't think probably that... wouldn't work great, but maybe we could open on one of their tours. Right, right. Throw throw a random band, Joey. Oh, now you put me on the spot. Crowbar, we could never tour with you, them. The National. That's I would true. love to tour with them, but it would never happen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Their their fans would be a little too serious for what. Yeah. It would be tough for you guys to warm up that crowd, so to speak. That'd be so amazing. You come out in the usual set your goals inspired, you know, pump up the kids stuff, and they were like, "What is it? What are you guys jumping around?" Who's the kids? Why are these? My my kids are my kids are at home in bed. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, So yeah, the fact that you guys can tour with pretty much anybody, um, I think that's great. And obviously, so many bands are never able to accomplish that. Like, has that has that been a goal of you guys? You guys' band, like. Pretty much since the beginning, where it's like, I mean, obviously you came up within the hardcore scene, so you can tour with hardcore bands. Yeah, one one thing I've always been a huge supporter of is uh, mixed bills. I mean, I feel like that's sort of died out with, you know, the way booking agents and labels and managers are these days. It's like they just want to market it to the right crowd. But you know, I, I think there's a lot of good sides to you know diverse bills on shows, and that's how I got into punk rock. You know, like mm-hmm. and, and and metal and hardcore and all that stuff. Uh, so. I, I just really support it. It's how you learn about new music and new genres, and um, you know, we we some of our earliest tours were with like Animosity, with, right? Which, you know, if <laughs> metal band, yeah. If yeah, you yeah. listeners at home have heard them, they're death metal, you know, like right. So uh, you know, Parkway Drive's not that unusual for us. Whereas you know, if you're hearing both of our bands for the first time, you probably wouldn't imagine we tour together. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah, and that's cool because I mean that's it. It kind of leads into my next question where it's just like, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, the context of what, where Set Your Goals has come from and where, you know, you guys are now, um, you know, a lot of kids, I mean, it's, you obviously come from the hardcore scene, but it's yeah. like a lot of kids that have maybe got into, you know, over the past year don't realize that. And obviously until like they Absolutely. look backwards. Yeah. Um, do you guys see that direct comparison where it's like, oh, wow, these kids like have no context for like where we came from. Not like you're sitting there judging them, being like, oh, these kids are boners. Why are they into my band? It's it's pretty obvious sometimes, though, that like, you know, a lot of kids have no concept of that world at all. Right. Uh, who come to our shows. Right. And they're a little taken aback sometimes, you know, if they're seeing us for the first time and people are jumping on their heads. Right. Um, but, you know, it, I, I like that there's diversity in our crowd. And, you know, we've still got old fans that come out and we've got new kids who are, you know, all ages and all kinds of, just into different all kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's funny because the hardcore kids a lot of the time, like, uh, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent here. No, it's, we love tangents, obviously. To go back to this title fight thing, <laughs> you know, when we were talking to them um, on their tour, they just did with Bayside and Senses Fail. Mm-hmm. They're like, man, yeah, you know, we're thinking about this label and that label. And I'm like, well, just get ready because 
whoever you sign to, you you will have sold out at that point. The Kids are going to say it. It's inevitable. And, you know, right. all you can do is roll with it and just call it from there. So, I mean, did, did with you every get, step you take and with every growth your band has, like, you're going to face well, that from your, your core audience. Right. Did you guys... I mean, because I mean, I noticed that to a certain extent with you guys, but did you guys like really feel it where it's like a lot of kids were like, oh, just because you signed Epitaph means you guys are sold out? We, we definitely got some of that mm-hmm. uh, with Epitaph, but I mean, Epitaph was the best choice for us and we don't regret it at all. We, we love that label and mm-hmm. it was a huge, huge step up from Eulogy. Eulogy was killing our band. It was like if we had released our next record on Eulogy, we would not be a band right now. Right. There's it, no doubt in my mind. In my opinion, anyone that is involved in punk or hardcore talk shit on Epitaph just doesn't understand. Right. It's like, it's like you can only take it so seriously when there's... Like, you have no frame of reference. Though. Right. Like you know? Epitaph is the ultimate, like, I mean, independent label. Like, there's, no, you, there's nothing you can say bad about them, in my opinion. Like, as a... Yeah, I think they're amazing. They're like a family. We, we you know, we stopped by... We were driving... Back to the place we were staying at. We were actually staying with Felicia from Epitaph right oh, now. Oh, sure, we're sure. Working with Mike Green, finishing the record. And, um, yeah, we, we were, like, driving back from the studio one day, and we're like, oh, let's just stop by Epitaph and get some coffee from Darth Latte. They've got this huge latte machine with Darth Vader on top. It just goes, <laughs> and makes the steam milk. It's amazing. So we stopped by for coffee and hung out. And yeah. It's just like a big family. It's a big group of friends. It's pretty cool. Right, yeah. So. I mean, that's that's really... I mean, that's obviously what every band desires to have that relationship with their label where yeah. it's like, you know, it feels like even though they have to tell you no, <laughs> like it can be delivered in a way where you're like, okay, I see why you're saying no, because right. like, you know, it's like, oh, we can't give you tour support for this because of reasons A, B, and C. And you're not just right. like, fuck you guys. Like there's that level of trust. And Brett definitely understands what it's like to be in a, a yeah. you know, a grueling he, he's in a little, schedule. Is he in a band? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's in no effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I love um, no effects. Definitely. Good, but uh, to take us back to the original question. Yes. Um, what you were saying is like, you know, like we, we tour with all kinds of different bands and the important thing to remember, and, you know, we were sort of talking about this with Title Fight, is that you're happy at the end of the day with what you've done and you're, you've accomplished with your music and your touring and your band. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like kids can talk smack all they want, but it's like, hey, at the end of the day, like I've played with some of my favorite bands on earth. Like, I never in my wildest dreams thought that when we recorded our demo, I would even see Gorilla Biscuits live, much right. less tour with them, right. or or play with Leeway, who I love, in Europe, or, uh, you know, tour with Paramore, like, sure. in, in a sold-out freaking arena right. riot tour. Like. Right. It's a laundry list of things where you're just like, how would you, like, you know, would you rather keep your quote-unquote, you know, like the fans that are always going to say something bad about you, no matter what right. forward progression you have. Like, yeah, you can't look at that as the ultimate, oh, I feel good about my life because I, I did I've this. I've never looked at growth as selling out. You right. know, like, I think it's it's crucial to your survival as well as, like, you know, it, it's what you want to do. I want to go see new places for free, and right. uh, <laughs> I want to go meet people and travel the world and all that stuff. So, sure, of course I'm going to do it, and... The only the only way I'd be selling out or selling myself short is if I didn't take those risks, or if you know uh, I played it safe, or um, I don't know, just just compromised any of my art, you know. Yeah. So, you know, if, if we if we hired a writer for the new record, that to me would be selling out. Right. Right. Or you right. know, it makes- toured, toured on a tour where 
you know, we we weren't friends with anyone on the tour. Yeah. We didn't like any of the bands. Like, yeah. I mean, we've done a couple tours here and there where we don't like any of the bands, <laughs> but at least we're friends with them. <laughs> so, good yeah. dudes, bad hard. Good, yeah. good dudes. Bad hard. GGBB. Good guys, bad band. Exactly. <laughs> that oh, so. that happens no matter what band you're in. That that always happens. Yeah. Both ways. Can, or, can you name names? Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although Scott would love you to. Yeah. Which you don't have to do. But um But it's highly encouraged. The <laughs> The um I mean not getting too in depth for it because like you know, like I said, it's always been obvious or it's all over the internet in regards to it, but how difficult was the process of getting out of eulogy? Was that like the most I have no frame of reference. Can you give me the thirty second yeah, the Cliff's Notes version of what happened with you guys. Right. Long ago, Newfound Glory was signed to Eulogy, and he let them go. He said his biggest lesson in running a label, I read this in an interview he did, uh, his biggest lesson with running a label was that was the interaction that went off went on with uh, him selling them off to a major. He, uh, he sold them for like 30 grand, and he was like, man, I realized I could have gotten away with way more. Ah. Uh. So nice. that's what he did with us. <laughs> the path was paved. And because paved. of that, we didn't get any sort of like, you know, super huge signing bonus for signing with Epitaph because right. it all went to paying off Eulogy as well as a publishing advance. And Right. Yeah, we're still, you know, yeah, we're still working that off. So <laughs> people are like, oh, you sold out. It's like, well, show me the proverbial fat cash, buddy, because <laughs> right. pretty I'm- sure John Wiley is sitting on it in his mansion. <laughs> Now, yeah, I went there. Really? Yeah, that's fine. Did you guys hate him at that point? or? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate him as a person. I understand what he's doing. And yeah. He's a businessman, you know, you can only hate someone so much. I, I've got a lot of friends, you know, I've met a lot of people in the music world where, you know, uh, I, I've come to like them a lot as a person, you know, hanging out. But when it comes to business, it's a completely different story. <laughs> sure, yeah. so. Definitely night and day. Yeah. Um, but was that like the most heart-wrenching difficult moment for the band where you guys were really just like this is like you like you said i mean you you hit the nail on the head in my opinion it seemed like what you guys were going through was obviously killing the band absolutely that was the darkest time in our band's career and i think a lot of that was reflected in the last record it's it's pretty dark sounding record and sure it's because we weren't having fun we, we were like man should we just move on should we just break up and get real jobs like what? kids think we sold out like uh, we might not be able we, you know, Mike Green saved our band essentially because he was like, man, I love you guys. Like, you know, he does, he does like pop stuff. He doesn't know sure. anything about hardcore. It has nothing to do with that at all. He, he just liked our band and we, he believed in us so much. And he was like, man, I, I just want to do your record. So he did it. And he was like, we'll worry about the payment later when you guys do sort out a label or whatever you end up doing. You know, we were considering, um, sorry, we were even considering, self-releasing for a little bit it was like sure you know we're looking at all the options and he's like man you know we'll, we'll just figure it out like he tr- he trusted you he guys trusted us yeah right. and it was it was so just uh humbling i don't know i thought yeah. it was amazing did you guys get in touch he's with such him? a great person did you guys get in touch with him first or how did that transpire uh i honestly don't remember i have a yeah. really bad memory that's okay and uh it's probably probably because all the i massive, should know probably because all the <laughs> drugs you do right yes yes because you are a method actor like christian bale yes mm, full indeed. circle tie-in <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I think we just approached him. I, I actually think it might have been a, our management might have had a hand in it too because he had worked with worked with them in the past. Some bands that they had worked with. So yeah, well that's cool. Obviously that I mean that pulled Somehow. you pulled you guys out from a, a very dark place. I'm I mean, glad our paths crossed. That's 
when bands go through such strenuous things, it's like, you know, you anybody that's even remotely paying attention to it, it's like, you know, you can feel it from the outside where it's like, man, like, this is terrible for the band. I mean, oh, especially man. it's like, you know, obviously when the news came out where it was just like, you know, management buys out contract from eulogy oh, and man. set your goals. and It, it was, was like, so gnarly that I feel like kids on even message boards I was just going to say, one of my most frustrating reads ever on the bridge nine board was that thread just <laughs> yeah. kids not understanding it's 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 one of those things where you can't understand the other side of the coin until you've actually been in that situation yeah and it's it's pointless to try and explain it on one message board oh, and then no, go yeah. to another news site and do that again and <laughs> yeah just, what's the point Any, anyone that cares can obviously do some investigation exactly they can do their homework yeah exactly um the the biggest, I mean, the thing that always makes me happy, especially when bands like you guys have obviously become successful in some way, shape, or form with independent music, is the fact that you do obviously make it abundantly clear, like, where the band has come from. Like, you know, you wear your influences on your sleeve. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, these are the bands that made us sound like who we sound like. Whereas a lot of bands, you know, they, they a lot of bands exist in a bubble where it's like they've, you know, they just like the idea of being in a band. And yeah. so then they create a band that is like literally like in a vacuum. Like no one is like, I don't, what's what's our, what do you want to sound like? I don't know. Like I just want to just want to play guitar. Like that's yeah. so the idea. Some cool that, stuff can come out of that sometimes. Megadeth. They probably. <laughs> I think they were influenced by somebody, Scott. Hello, me. <laughs> um. But so, do you, ha, have you had that direct feedback from like kids and your fans in general that like, hey, because of you, I got into these other bands? Like, have you had that feedback as far like whatever, like a band like Lifetime, who obviously you guys have been like, hey, we really like Lifetime. Not as much as you'd hope for, I guess. Yeah, or not as much as I'd hope for. Sure. Uh, um. Yeah, I don't know. I actually, funnily enough, I saw a tweet from you, from mm-hmm. uh, Shane from Silverstein yesterday, and uh-huh. we toured with them our first time, and we went to Australia a few years ago. Sure. And uh, they were like, man, I remember them telling us on that tour, yeah, we pretty much started our band because of Grade, and I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And he tweeted yesterday, he was like, yeah, um, our kids, he's like, he's like, our kids interested in the bands that influence the bands that they like, or sure. do they not even care? Because I remember... When I was younger, that was a really big deal to me, and I'm the same way. I used to, you know, like pick up, rec- I'm sure you did this too. Pick up records and read all the thank yous yep. and yep. get into those bands, and that's not how it happens anymore. And well, because I, I, kids just download the records. And right. There's no thank you list on a, a media fire link. But uh, beyond that, I feel like kids are somehow genuinely less concerned with who influenced the bands that they 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 love. And yeah, I don't know if that's a side effect of just a digital age and probably they're just it's just so saturated there's just so mm-hmm. much music coming at them and they're doing so much research as opposed to even five years ago that the more saturated it gets the frame of reference grows shorter and shorter where it's like you know kids would maybe look back like whatever a year or two. Oh yeah you, have you seen like, the warp tour lineup yeah it's it's all bands that are like yeah we're we're influenced by you know whatever band i'm trying to think of a really funny one but like right. we're influenced by this i band set that, myself on fire <laughs> I set my friends on fire. Whatever. That's what you were thinking. We're about. influenced by this band that just started two years ago. It's right. Like, how is that an influence? Like, <laughs> are, yeah. are you looking forward to the Warp Tour this summer? <laughs> to put this in a frame of reference, because, I mean, obviously it's like people are like, oh, it's a Warp Tour. It's the most amazing thing ever. But, I mean, hands down, it's one of the most grueling tours that a band can do. It's the, the most grueling I've, I've ever done. And 
this year there's only a handful of bands that I'm either friends with or would enjoy watching. Yeah. And it's because this whole new world is this it's like I don't even know how to describe it. I've talked to plenty of people about it, but it's just like the warped world. It's like always the same bands and they always have sure. the same sound and they're a dime a dozen. There's just like uh, you know, to counter your point, I mean, I think that I'm honestly amazed that Kevin Kevin does such a good job at being able to identify, like, dude, this is what's going to be popular this oh, year, yes. and that is it. It's like... But they'll be gone next year. Totally. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, obviously, it's like you look at what happened, you know, two years ago, where it's like you, you're millionaires and broken sides, where it's like he literally knew that putting them on Warp Tour, he'd be crucified. And he was, and people talk shit on it, and they were terrible on Warp Tour, but... Because of that, I mean, just the amount of press that Warped Tour got because they put these bands Mothers on. Against Broken Side and right. whatever the... Right. And, and I, so it's like, he, he does such an incredible job with that, but it's like, yeah, I mean, it is... It's all one genre. It's it so one-sided at this point, and it's really depressing. There's like, you know, there's the old, the old punk bands mm-hmm. on their own little stage, but they don't get half the recognition they deserve, and, yeah. you know... Uh, the, the crowd's so young anyway, it's like, those people are older than their parents, you know? Like, <laughs> totally. So, uh, I, I don't know, it's just, I find very few bands on Warped Tour this year that uh, are respected by anyone over the age of 20. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, yeah, that's definitely a sign of but the But, I mean, it, it also, who are the, the the age that they're going after? Right, yeah, they're all like No one over 20, so. Yeah. You, yeah. you get older, and the kids stay the same age. Right. I mean, that's honestly, that's, that's how it is. Like high school girls, Ray? Exactly. No. Oh. I have a question for you, Matt. Yeah. If you were not in a band, what would you be doing? I would either be studying insects in the rainforest or... Sounds like a canned answer to me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've, you've been interested in insects? Yeah, since I was little. Um, nice. When I was in school, I was considering transferring to... UC Davis because they had an entomology program and uh, uh, did you put them on boards and everything? Or that's what you uh, do I have I have some of those at home. I haven't started doing it, but I've recently been looking into it. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that stuff's was, awesome. Was this at Cal State Long Beach where we became friends? Yes, <laughs> many yes, many moons ago. <laughs> Um, to sort of wrap things up on a funny slash positive note, at least the questions that I have for you. Um, because your band has obviously grown in popularity um, and you've been able to do, like you said, random amazing things like tour with Paramore and that type of stuff, um, bands always have those few moments where it's like, this is the most uncomfortable or ridiculous situation I've ever been put in. Like, I just, we started to ask this question like on the last uh, episode we did with Chris from Sayosin where he said that Sayosin played Walter Reed Medical Center acoustically to rehabilitating veterans of war where it's like amputees amputees and so it's like and you know he wasn't saying like that situation was like ridiculous like surreal like how did we get here kind of thing right and like here i am playing you know acoustically to these people who it's like they're like how did we get here you know um what are some of those moments that have hit you where it's just like what the fuck is happening like did i ever imagine that i'd be here in this place um, um, no, I don't know. I'll, I'll fire a couple off here. Sure. The first time we went to Australia, I was like, wow, this is the most incredible place I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. It still is. I think it's the most amazing place in the world. Um, I never thought my band would bring me there. Like, right. I never thought I'd go to Japan because of my band. I never thought I'd play Give It a Name in front of 20,000 people. Sure. And then have half the power of our stage unplugged by some idiot cameraman. Mm-hmm. 
that's not embarrassing. No, no, you're fine. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. That was that was great. that was that the biggest crowd you played in front of? I that think you can so. Think? Yeah, that um, is a lot of twenty thousand is a lot of people. Yeah. Where was that? Give it a name. Give festival. it a name in, in England. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, that's like the Reading and Leeds, like that. Type yeah, of we stuff. did Reading and Leeds too. That was amazing. We did Soundwave, which is probably top three tours I've ever done. Yeah. It's that I feel like not to bash Warp Tour again. It's okay. But that is what Warp Tour should be. It's it's such a well-rounded lineup. It's like my iPod. It's like. <laughs> All right, we've got we've got Meshuggah, we've got Iron Maiden, we've got Isis, or you know, right. those weren't all on the year we were on, but I mean, some of them were on this year. Like the year we were on, it was like Meshuggah, Jane's Addiction, Paramore, mm-hmm. Alexis on Fire, Gallows, yeah. um, total hodgepodge of everybody. Comeback Kid, yeah, just like so awesome. Like yeah, I, I think that go basically just that just kind of goes with attention spans, where it's like kids. You know, I mean, even though kids say, like, you, know, you could ask, like, a 16-year-old kid, like, oh, what music are you into? Oh, I'm into everything. N- no, you're not. Like, <laughs> you don't even know what that lying. means. <laughs> yeah, you could play them something that, like, falls outside of their comfort zone, and they'd be like, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, exactly. But, so, yeah. I think that's just the best way to do a touring festival like that. Sure. Um, Sound like this year is great, too, from what I've seen of it. But, yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. just can't go wrong. Like, AJ knows what he's doing, and... uh yeah. That was just so incredible for us. And they put us up in, like, these five-star hotels, which was, like, you know, Baronesses on that tour. Like, they've never done anything like that. <laughs> they were like, and those guys were awesome. We, like, we, we hung out with their drummer a lot, and we would just go out and party. And we're like, man, this hotel is so sweet. Yeah. You know, we're hanging in the lobby next to Davey Havoc, and just, you know, we're all on our, our laptops, and it's just all the bands on the tour. You know, Anthrax is on it. And we're hanging out with Scotty. And, like, I, I just wanted to go around with, like, a flip cam and just, like, Go up to every person that I never thought I'd meet and be like, "What do you think about set your goals?" Right. And just like get a twenty-second hilarious because you know it's gonna be funny. Oh, unbelievable! You know when you ask Scotty and what what he thinks of set your goals, he's gonna say something awesome. Yeah, like, you're like, "Who are you talking about?" He'll be like, "Shut the fuck up, idiot." Uh, so it's just so so many different like species of humans, pretty much <laughs> touring together. And right, it's just, right. It's incredible. It's, it's it's like a rainforest of bands. <laughs> That's perfect. All yeah. tying back into your insect. Like a little thing. biodome. Yeah, yeah. That's a great movie, by the way. <laughs> Room, the new rumor is that was the the original treatment for Bill and Ted Three was, and it turned into biodome. Really? Yeah. Good rumor. Was that? Well, did you make that up? No, I think uh, Keanu Reeves talked. About, I don't know. It came out a couple months ago when he was talking about the the real Bill and Ted Three that he wants to make happen. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Alex Winters was very excited. Yes. <laughs> Um, do either of you guys have any uh, any follow up questions for Mr. Matt Wilson? You know Haley from Paramore. <laughs> that is in every single interview <laughs> I've ever done since That's... that record came out. It's well, it's because she's she's obviously in like you know. I was kidding, by the way. Yeah, she's obviously in like fashion magazines where it's like Matt. You know, she's a mainstream celebrity, so it's just like anybody that is able to it's use her right. as a touchstone. It's right. like, oh my gosh, like you've brushed shoulders with this. They person? were like, how did you make that happen? Like, well, we just asked her. She was hanging out in the studio, and we're like, "Yeah, you want to do a part?" She's like, "All right." I know because it's like people put obviously, you know, they're on a pedestal where it's just like they're not even really human, you know. And it's like everybody obviously does that with certain people where it's like Cal Ripken Jr. right there. Yeah, know what you're talking about. He's he's not a human. Well, obviously not. Just a great baseball player of all time. (laughs) Uh, Anything else to wrap things up, gentlemen? Uh, Sure. Yeah, I know Scott has some. I'm, I'm in a band, okay. and I want to do what you do. What are my initial steps? 
Um, <laughs> Did you get that off of interviewing like, questions one hundred and one? Cool? Yeah. Um, I, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say tour. Okay. If anyone actually does want to know, touring is very important. Yeah. More important than having a manager or a label. MySpace or Facebook? <laughs> Man, I was vehemently opposed to Facebook for a very long time, but MySpace is such garbage now. Like, yeah. I go with Facebook, dude. Yeah. I'm sold. This new MySpace beta has isolated. It's it's isolated itself from anyone who was ever familiar with it. So it's like not a beta anymore. Totally, it's not. No, the real deal. Oh wow! And I mean, it just it this new format though. I, I don't understand it. So it's like okay, well now I'm alienated and right. The, the New Year's is too little, too late, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Any more interviewing one on one questions? Yeah, sorry, Scott? Tom. Um, oh, you know Tom? Yeah. Do you think? Oh, he's friends with him on. on I saw Tom at a show once. That was kind of cool. That is. Really? Cool. He's into blonde Asians. He was with one at the show. Nice, nice, dude. That is. Good. I think that's like his thing. That is a really? good juicy. It was an interesting show. It was uh, the Cure at the Troubadour. Oh. It's this MySpace secret show. MySpace. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Tom would be there. Oh, Ryan Gosling was there with Eliza Dushku. Nice. She's now dating Rick Fox. What? what? Yeah. She's a babe. I wonder what MySpace paid to be in Funny People, the movie. I was in that movie. What? Funny fact. What? Yeah, sometimes when I'm home, I just do extra work for a little bit of extra money. And nice. I walked back and forth for about 15 minutes in front of the camera with about 500 other people at the SFO airport. And the rest of the time, I read a Kurt Vonnegut book and ate Chinese food, and I got like two hundred bucks or something. I, wow. When I was a kid, I used to do extra work in the the minimum. Or the, hey, the hey, min- lead work. The <laughs> minimum was uh, was sixty dollars, so yeah. you should be be happy with that two hundred. And let's not downplay your child actor <sighs> status. Yeah. We well, can dedicate a whole podcast to that. I know we, that that actually <laughs> and that I would thoroughly enjoy it. <laughs> yes, that that's. That is a part of Joey that we have not revealed in the podcast, but will come out at a later date that will be just, I mean, it'll probably light up every film blog that exists. Riveting stories about trailers. You should definitely dedicate an entire episode to that. You ever get the itch? Every every time I watch Three Ninjas Kick Back, I want to get back in the game. (laughs) You're burying the lead, Joey. We needed to reveal that later. I'm just getting people excited. I know, that's true. I haven't brought up Surf Ninjas yet. Spectacular. Um, before we go, I would like to plug just once the new Please. record. It's called Burning at Both Ends. It's supposed to come out uh, late May, early June, tentatively. Oh, I thought, it was, it, was an a- I thought it was on April. Okay. Yeah. It's probably because you guys are slow, right? Well, we had to push it back. We, yeah. we spent eight weeks with McTurnan, and then we didn't finish, so we had to come out here and do a couple What were you guys doing? Uh, writing the record, Just blowing money about half the time. <laughs> writing the writing, writing about half the record in the studio. When you were recording with Brian McTernan, did you ask him to do some battery covers? I would sing him battery sometimes. <sighs> does he enjoy talking about battery? Not so much. Yeah, I, he does tell us stories from time to time, but. I mean, he's just, like, more pumped about drinking beer and watching football. <laughs> oh, okay. Which, uh, yeah. That's kind of ironic. So, yeah. That, I, mean, I know. I, especially because they have that song, Back to the Gym. Right. Yeah, I, exactly. Those are the lyrics. I would always <laughs> sing to him. So, uh, no, he's, he's a great dude. He's awesome, and he absolutely saved our record. So, he is the man. And, uh, That's good. Yeah, I don't know. I, we, we would just tease him. He was, he was awesome to hang out with. Yeah, yeah. And he had a lot of cool stories because, you know, he's, he's an old school dude. Yes, so he definitely is. He definitely yeah, actually, is. when we walked in the the studio the first day, I noticed there was like a battery T shirt screen just chilling on the floor. That's awesome. Man, I want to steal this. I know, and then you <laughs> ran off a few. <laughs> um, well, cool. Yeah, we'll check out the uh, new uh, Set Your Goals record when it 
hits the streets and pushes the band to levels of stardom where we won't even be able to speak to Matt anymore just because he's he's so gigantic. <laughs> so gigantic. I mean, his head, he was hardly able to fit into this apartment. <laughs> apartment? Mansion. I mean, mansion. The mansion that we're interviewing you at. In my Gucci suit. With your Gucci yeah. suit. Right. But yes, Matt, thank you very much for the interview. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Matt. Uh, check out Set Your Goals on the internet at facebook.com slash setyourgoals. You can follow him on Twitter at setyourgoals. Or you can follow Matt at Matt, Mills, bleh, Matt Wilson Rules. You can follow Ray at xpurposex, Scott at Scott Arnold, who never posts anything, or me at Joey Cahill. Uh, thank you. We will be back soon with more stuff. Bye. Amazingly compelling guests. Yes, and Call of Duty in the background. Bye. <laughs> Nazi zombies. <laughs>